0: Today. Oh, I'm good
1: mate. <laughs> so we've got a little bit of wrapping up to do with your adventures. I think we got up to 2016 or somewhere around there in the time scale of things.
0: Yes, I had just finished standing for election for One Nation and then along came Reclaim Australia, which got everybody confused with My Restore Australia. So I changed over to Advance Australia. And in those days Advance Australia was still pretty much a unformed website. Didn't really know what it was going to be about. And I also had CIR Now domain name registered. But again, it was a pretty crappy looking thing. And I didn't really have a reason for having it. But I love to create websites and I love to get interesting domain names. So I kept them. Anyway, after the standing for election, I was still doing a lot of research. And I kept hearing people like Dick Yardley and others saying, we have a corporate government. Now, I had read enough of the Constitution and history of the Constitution to know that we had one, and that we couldn't possibly have a corporate government if we have a Constitution. Little did I know. (laughs) Anyway, one day, this CD arrived in my mail, as I think I explained recently, and I stuck it in the drawer for a year, and after many discussions, especially with Dick, who I must say was... Very gracious about it later on, even though I was quite adamant that he was wrong, (laughs) as I tend to do sometimes.
1: Most people Uh, tend to be like that. They protect their paradigm until the light goes on and then they go, maybe I'll have to question that.
0: That's right. Anyway, one day I'm cleaning out my desk drawer and there's this CD. and I watched this video, which is this one here. And by the time I finished watching it, after one hour, I was gobsmacked because it explained everything so clearly about how Wayne Goss and Kevin Rudd had created the Reprints Act. And so that's when I realised that we do actually have a corporate government. Of course, I still wasn't 100% convinced, but the more I listened to this and the more I thought about it, the clearer it became. And so one day I rang up Dick and I said, mate, I'm very sorry, I've just learned that we do actually have a corporate government and I want to apologise for ever arguing with you. And he was very gracious and he said, Mike, I knew you'd come to it eventually and don't worry about it and we've been good mates for a long mm-hmm. time anyway. I respected Dick for that, he was great. I trundled on learning more and more and then one day I was charged by the Melbourne CDPPs, Commonwealth Department of Public Prosecutions, with publishing an article when there was a suppression order against publishing anything to do with a certain court case. So I started trying to figure out what to do. And as has always been the way in my life, just when I needed help, the universe supplied it in the form of a gentleman from South Australia named Peter Horton. Our Peter owned a earth-moving business down there, and he had a fair bit of money And he came to me and he said, Mike, I've been watching what you're doing and I really like what you're up to, so I would like to support you. And I thought, oh, good, the money bag's open, but it wasn't (laughs) quite like that. (laughs) So he said, I'm going to give you the authority to publish Dick Yardley's book. And here is the manuscript. You get it organized and I will pay for it. So that's what happened, and that's the first edition of the brown-covered Dick Yardley book that I am now privileged to sell. And here's why. You might want to consider buying Dick Yardley's book. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery, and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd, and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, Get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. And I said, OK, so we split the income 50 50. He said, No, you keep all the income. I want you to keep it so that you can keep doing the work you're doing. And of course, by this time, I had actually come up with the plan for the future on Advance Australia. And I was already starting to post articles on CIR now. The whole thing was really good. And I've had a very strong relationship with Peter Horton ever since. And so I was horrified when he was eventually arrested by the AFP for being a right-wing, um don't know what. Mm. They threw him into jail for 13 months. No, 15 months. God. No trial.
1: Yeah, they do uh, that. They do that. They've still got a few people in there that are still...
0: Yeah never gone to court no and i could name a couple more but i can't we won't at the moment yeah anyway so i continued on with my work and as i was going into court to answer my own charge and that was publishing an article contrary to this suppression order so one day the universe opened up its windows again for me and the sunshine it shone in the form of peter gargan now, Peter is an amazing fellow. He's an 80-year-old man. He studied law for three years and then realized what a crock it was and decided not to sit the bar. But the man is a walking encyclopedia of the law. You just tell him that somebody's done something and he'll say, oh, that's covered by crime. so, so, section so-, so. <laughs> The man is amazing and he just trots out these laws and he knows how to write a good submission. Mm-hmm. He helped me to write my affidavits. He helped me to uh, deal with the courts and what to say and how to say it. And uh, we've been doing that ever since. And now we're helping other people to advise them on how they can write affidavits and stuff like that. We don't advise them on legal matters, but we show them the form and we show them how to look up laws and where to look and that sort of thing. So between us, Peter and I are now offering a very helpful service, which is actually gaining quite a few wins. So between the Dick Yardley book, which is an amazing read, and I'd like to quote some of it to you if I could. Oh, yeah, that'd be, yeah, I'd yeah? asking, yeah, asking for that. All right. Yeah, look, before <laughs> I talk about Dick Yardley, I want to talk about one of my little uh, side adventures here. Just after I got out of the Air Force, yeah. I went over to Western Australia to work in the Amex Mining Company. And they sent me out to the Victoria Desert. Now, we left from Laverton, which is where there was a big nickel strike back then in the 70s, remember? And uh, we travelled along this track out into the Victoria Desert, 250 miles. I don't know how much that is in kilometres, but it's a darn long way. We had to take a big tank of water, and we followed this track. And it was made by this small tribe of Aboriginals working for these two Aussie blokes, cutting sandalwood. And sandalwood grows abundantly out in the Victoria Desert. So we followed this track out there and we camped and I was going out into the bush surveying for nickel. And uh, what the boys used to do is they'd drop me off in the morning at a spot and they'd say, flag that area down there and flag that area down there. And by flagging, you had pieces of red tape. You had to go down in a straight line and put the tape on the trees so that the uh, the geologists could come along and track along there so they dropped me off and it's it's so hot out there in the desert I used to strip off completely naked and then I'd do my job (laughs) and then I'd come back (laughs) put my clothes on by the time the boys turned up to pick me up it was a fantastic job out there and we were out near the rabbit proof fence and one day I'm riding the dirt bike along the fence and this emu comes out of nowhere Right in front of me, boom, hits the rabbit through the fence and goes oing, 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 and bounces off. And then another one. Oing, oing. Oh well. Wow. Uh, and another day I'm out riding and there's a little gulch into the hills. And I rode the bike in there, just curious to see what was in there. And I got to the end of the gulch, and there's a big cleared area with rocks all around it, so you, you couldn't get out. And there's a bunch of big red kangaroos in there. So I stopped the bike right at the mouth of the big area and I just got off and I walked in a little way so I was probably about 50 to 100 meters away from them just looking at them and they're looking at me completely unworried never seen a white man before I guess or any man and then another time it rained now the desert usually of course is very dry but when it rained we had to sleep up on top of the land rovers because everything came out of the ground the centipedes the scorpions the spiders the whole lot came out we're sleeping up on top of there but (laughs) morning the desert looked like what's behind me there with all these beautiful colored flowers it was beautiful yeah Yeah. most exciting experiences of my life yeah Yeah.
1: they say that western australia wildflowers are like i'd say a natural wonder of the world they're just yeah from the pictures i've seen and i've not seen it so you've actually been there that's yeah. wow, that's
0: exciting you know, i've traveled a lot around australia i decided before i went anywhere overseas i was going to travel around australia and that was one of the adventures i had the only yeah. places in australia i haven't really been to is the northwest and tasmania oh yeah and i intend to do that soon anyway Let's get back to Dick Yardley's book because this is really interesting. I happen to have a copy here. <clears throat> it's oh, yeah. Australian political and religious leaders: treason, treachery, and sabotage. Now that name was added to by Peter Horton. He added in and religious leaders because they are part of the treason. And Dick says, "Corporations made by members of political parties control parliaments, governments, and courts in inverted commas of Australia." Whereas the 1st January 1901, the people of the Commonwealth of Australia are to live under a constitutional monarchy. This book publication has been compiled from research into factual evidence of treason, treachery and sabotage against the Commonwealth of Australia as established and constituted 1st of January 1901 under our founding and primary law of the Commonwealth of Australia and called the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution Act 1901 as proclaimed and gazetted against our constitutional sovereign and monarch, holder of the crown of the United Kingdom, and against us, the people of the Commonwealth of Australia. In other words, in 1973, when Whitlam changed everything around and took the Queen out of the Royal Style and Titles Act, with the collusion of the Queen, I might add, he took us out of the Constitution, Mm. and that's why the politicians today just ignore us. And that always puzzled me, why the politicians make all these big promises and then when they're elected, they forget about us. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. They don't answer to us under the constitution. They answer to their political party constitution. because Each party has its own constitution. Yep. How and when did the government commit treason? It goes on. The political parties took ownership of the Governor-General on the 2nd of February, 1960. And what did they do? They took the crown seal off the letters patent, appointing the Governor-General, sent over by the Queen, and they put on the kangaroo and emu seal, which is not a crown seal, and it does not have any lawful authority. So that was treason. Second, the political parties went to war against Vietnam with our Commonwealth Defence Force, which was for the defence of the Commonwealth, not to tell other countries how to live. Again, treason. The political parties, while sitting in our parliament, created their own parliament, government, Australia, Commonwealth of Australia, and a Queen of Australia as all statutory instruments. In other words, these instruments are all names on a piece of paper registered to a private corporation in the USA. And political parties, in conjunction with the religious leaders, removed our God, humbly relying on the blessing of Almighty God, thereby removing Queen, defender of the faith, from all titles to land. So the political parties took ownership of all land. And again, that is treason. So any Australian out there who thinks that they've paid off their house and they own the land, I'm sorry, you don't. The political parties own it. So this is why, if you really want to know what went on, this book will really tell you everything about what they've done. As you can see, it's quite thick. It's over 500 pages. And it quotes chapter and verse all the laws that they have broken. There are illustrations in here showing what they've done so it's really a very good read and well worth having as a, a reference and so that you increase your knowledge. So that's what Peter Horton brought to me and what Dick Yardley did after 10 years of hard work and study. Because- oh, that's
1: incredible work, incredible.
0: PhD level, that's massive. Oh, more than that, I think he was a master. Yeah. He was a farmer up in Queensland, I think up in Mariba fruit farmer, and he was having problems with fruit bats. So he put up electric fences around the fruit trees. And the council came and said, you can't do that, they're protected. He said, of my land, I'll do what I like. And the council said, no, it's not your land. We own your land. Now, if you don't take down the electric fences, we'll take you to court, and we'll take your land. And that's precisely what they did.
1: And he wouldn't have believed that. They'd say uh, that. And he'd go, oh, that's rubbish. That's not the way it is. We live under a constitution. And so many people are under that that umbrella that they think, oh, no, it's all constitution. And every now and again, they roll out the conversation, like the paradigm of, oh, we'll refer to the constitution. And they're trying to justify some idea about us living under a constitution. But that's not
0: true. It actually turns out to be very untrue. It does indeed. And this was a big shock to Dick. So... He spent 10 years after that trying to figure out what the heck went wrong, and that book is the result. Anyway, so I started selling the book, and since then I've been helping a lot of people understand what went wrong, and I'm very thankful to um, hear from a lot of people now saying that they were first informed about everything through my websites and through my podcasts and my work. So I think that's something to be proud of. I've done it because I believe passionately in the rule of law and in fairness and we have no fairness in our government today yep. so,
1: uh, hopefully you've got a link there for people to go and have a look at that book or at least a, maybe a few chapters you might have there for them to look at and uh, peruse but uh, yep, yeah. it's available
0: on the website here yeah good and uh, the link is actually in the description below the video here
1: oh very good
0: anyway As I was doing that work, and I was then trying to deal with the court case in Victoria, and I kept telling the court down there they have no jurisdiction because of Section 80 of the Constitution, which states very clearly that in a criminal case, the accused must be tried where he is accused of committing the crime. Now, I published the article here in Queensland. So the Victorian court has no jurisdiction over me down there. But they claim they do because they are not interested in the Constitution. They don't go by that. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens when I go back into court. I won't talk about that, but I'm hopeful that very soon this whole thing will go away because it's taken a real toll on me. I've been dealing with it for the last four years. I can't imagine how Peter Horton has dealt with being in jail for that long. Certainly other people in jail that I know of who've been in prison for much longer and are likely to be there for a few more years. Hopefully, we can resolve the problem with the constitutional issues in our government. And that's why I filed a case in the High Court with Peter Gargan's assistance writing the documents. I had an email from the registrar of the High Court the other day saying that a judge is considering my filing very seriously because it brings up the constitutional issue. So we'll see what happens. I also know of John Wilson down in Sydney, another battler. He's an elder gentleman. I'm not that young, but he's older than me. And he has just filed in the High Court as well and been rejected. So Peter and I are now discussing how we can help him refile and go after the Governor-General as well. And what he wrote was fantastic. In fact, I'd like to quote some of that to you, if I may.
1: Oh, hell yeah. We've got a couple of minutes here. While you're finding that, for anyone who is a, a retiree out there on a pension, that you can actually put cases into the court fairly cheaply, like most people who aren't, like younger people like myself, I'm still fairly old, but I'm not at the age where I can go into the Supreme Court or the High Court. Once you get to that age, I think there's a lot of warriors out there that could start doing that
0: and fairly cheaply this is it. And I'm encouraging people who have retired to get in touch with me and we will help you take a case to the high court. Absolutely. Uh, because the more people who do this, the harder we're knocking on the door, the quicker we can open that door back to constitutional government, of yeah. people, by the people, for the people.
1: Yeah. And it's all about gems. Like everyone goes in there and you might have to dig through a lot of rubble to get a gem. And when everyone goes into the court, there's always something they're going to learn, and they're always going to learn something that they can bring back to the collective. And then we all go, oh, that means we can do this, or that means we do that. And it's very important to have people just going out there digging gems and figuring out little tricks and little things and getting feedback from the system. Mm -hmm. We've been learning a lot over the decades that way.
0: So I won't give you all the details here, but this is the application for a constitutional or other writ. One, that a writ of quo warranto upon the defendant, David John Hurley, the Governor-General, or purported one, requiring him to show by what warrant the Office of Governor-General of the Commonwealth of Australia to a jury of the court. Australia was proclaimed a Commonwealth on the first day of January in the the year 1901 and became a sovereign, independent and self-governing nation pursuant to covering Clause 3, in sections 63 and 64 Victoria, Chapter 12, an act to constitute the Commonwealth of Australia on the 9th of July, 1900. Now, that was the act when it was passed by the British Parliament, and then when it came back to Australia, it came into force on January the 1st, 1901. So there's a bit of confusion about that, but it's very clear, until the act was gazetted, That's it Government Gazette, it was still just an act. So on January the 1st, 1901, it came into force. And Queen Victoria's Letters Patent, signed on 29th of October, 1900, established the office of her representative, the Governor-General, pursuant to Section 61 of that same Act of the Parliament of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. Now, in the first eight clauses of the Constitution, that is, the British Act of Parliament authorising the enactment of Clause 9, which is the whole Australian Constitution. So I think it's important people understand that, and that has not been rescinded. It is still in force, but the people of Australia are not standing under it and they're not demanding that the government and the courts act under the Constitution. And that's why it's very important that people like John and myself and Peter Hortman, and others are now filing cases with the High Court to bring this to the attention of the judges. And if even one of us finally gets a court trial, which goes before a jury, then we can change the whole political fabric of Australia. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And we would put the power back in the hands of the people and take it out of the hands of the political parties. Now, of course, they're fighting tooth and nail to stop us, and they have declared war on us. So Australians need to be aware that we are at war with the government, or actually, the government's at war on us. And that's what this whole COVID thing was. That's what all the lockdowns are. It's all an attempt to subjugate us to their will. I will not comply. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, mate. Cheers.